What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hail Yes, a Detroit Free Press podcast about University of Michigan athletics. I'm Tony Garcia, Michigan football and basketball writer for the Free. Got to make sure I include that second part in there because it's hoop season. Uh, Michigan beat Northwood in its exhibition 92-45 season opener on Tuesday. Uh, so obviously, that's what we're diving into. No, I'm sure. <laughs> obviously, I'm kidding. Uh, that's not the plan. I mean, it is all true. Uh, and I am excited for basketball, but that's not what's pressing right now. What is pressing right now, Michigan football. Still undefeated, uh, 9-0 after a 41-13 win over Purdue. Big game, finally, coming up against Penn State on Saturday. Uh, however, uh, yesterday, even in the press box, uh, that's not what anybody was talking about. It's still about uh, the sign-stealing uh, situation going on. Coach Jim Harbaugh, uh, Athletic Director Ward Manuel, uh, President Santa Ono, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti, on and on it goes. That's why we bring in our Big Ten insider, uh, Reiner Saban. Uh, he was at Stadium in Maine last night, uh, rubbing elbows with uh, high people in higher places. Uh, how are you doing, Reiner? I'm doing well. I think you're way overstating what I was doing. <laughs> during the, no, during no, the I, so I, you're, you're right in the, in the scrum with, uh, with, with important people all the time. Would that be you and several of the other reporters? In well, no, 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 not in those moments. Uh, but uh, just, just in general, we're, okay. we're always okay. we're always milling about. I, I, I keep an eye on you. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I, I still don't know I, where you saw me and what I was doing <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, no, 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 no more so yesterday in particular, but just, no. uh, just really, I guess I, I'm alluding to. Uh, sort of, sort of a situation. I guess we were all in uh, more making fun of you for, yes, for, right. than than anything for something we were all doing. Uh, uh, and I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, and what I'm talking mm-hmm. about is uh, Ward Man- Ward Manuel, who always post game um, atten- attends Jim Harbaugh's press conferences after after the football games. But uh, he he he's in the corner. He just sort of comes in, watches from afar, and then and then leaves. Uh, out, out the back door, literally and figuratively. Um, but but obviously, and and this time, I mean, or generally speaking, we we always just respect his his pri- his privacy. I mean, every now and then it'll be, hey, how you doing? Uh, last bowl game, last bowl season, I guess was really the last time anything like that happened. Uh, and then I said, I guess I spoke with him in February at the athletic budget meeting. Um, but but he's he's clear he's not someone you who who speaks publicly frequently. However, given the nature of everything going on, uh, you and I had, had spoken ahead of the game and said, we, we, we need to try and, and go talk to him. And uh, we, we spoke with one other member of the media who agreed. Uh, and, and I guess as we all sort of started walking up, everyone else really saw what was happening. I'm sure it is not the only weird. It, w- it was not only our mind who that crossed. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but mm-hmm. uh, we, we walked up to, to board and tried to see what's up and. Uh, at per per usual, uh, I mean, he he doesn't talk much in general, and no, certainly no, something no. like this, mm-hmm. uh, he he stayed par for the course, uh, towards silent. Yeah, he he issued no comment. You know, when asked why he was not making a comment, why Michigan has chosen that stance as far as uh, addressing the situation, he said it's his his choice basically, uh, and it is. It's Ward Manuel's standard operating procedure. I mean, he hasn't had a press conference with the media since March of 2021. I mean, it's pretty crazy when the athletic director at a high profile athletic program that's you know has a very visible football program, very visible basketball program, you know the Block M. I mean, it's the national brand. You know, pro- arguably the 
most popular college brand out there. I mean, he, he rarely talks. And, you know, this is an opportunity where, you know, you, you would hope that he would seize where he would address some of these questions that are hovering because, again, there's a lot of speculation and they keep complaining about speculation and reports. Well, I mean, the one way to uh, stop that stream of speculation and reports is to actually say something and, you know, provide some clarity. And they have chosen not to do that. And, you know, it's just a it, it's just the kind of continuation of the lack of transparency that is so prevalent at the University of Michigan, where they don't where they don't really talk about a lot of these things that are going on. And they've had a lot of stuff that's gone on in the last few years. Yeah, I don't know if you recall. I mean, that was the article of, of a story I wrote back in January uh, about call, calling for just transparency and accountability for, from Jim Harbaugh and uh, and Ward Manuel when this first round of investigations w- was cropping up. Right, right after Matt Weiss was fired, uh, not long after Mozzie Smith uh, had had been found to to have been arrested with a gun, not long after uh, sort of putting out a firestorm with Donovan Edwards. Right, that all happened in one sort of clump from November to January last year, and they were pretty silent. And it's, it's, it is, as you said, it's sort of par for the course, uh, just in terms of silence and then uh, giving, certainly uh, on their end, giving things time to, to play out. Right. And, uh, and that, that goes all the way to, to now, uh, President Santana writing a letter to, uh, to, to Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti asking uh, for, for that exactly. However, I guess I get a little ahead of myself because uh, this was sort of, I mean, we do this song and dance all the time, right? With, with Jim Harbaugh and, and now investigations and, and asking him about them, frankly, uh, frankly. Uh, and, and he oftentimes is like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. And we know that. And so there are ways to, which is sort of why when, when we spoke to Ward yesterday, I was trying to work around that and not ask him directly about the, about the investigation or something, but I asked, have you even been given a timeline of when to expect a a decision, right? By any, yeah, but the thing is, is that the NCAA investigation has nothing to do with what the big 10 is going to do. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, the big 10 is separate from the NCAA and you know, what you asked, I mean, should have been a question that, I mean, it's a pertinent question about what has he been hearing from the big 10 and what's the, Possible timeline, maybe you're you're expecting here as far as uh, a ruling or what, and uh, a, the type of punishment or anything like that. Uh, I mean, that's a conversation that uh, you know Michigan is a, a member of the of the Big Ten, and they, the Big Ten doesn't even have an investigation <laughs> unit. So uh, I don't understand the silence there. You know, I think that again, Michigan well, I, I, could be able, especially when they have their president writing the letter. And sending the letter out to media outlets uh, about stating their position for due process in this whole situation. So, uh, so on the one hand, you have the president who's like stepping in in an athletic matter, and the athletic director is not saying anything, and it's just bizarro world. Right. And you, you're better at reading between the lines than me in a lot of things. Um, what did you make? Because uh, Jim Harbaugh was asked directly about the the public support. From Santano. And I mean, he said, he said, it's deeply appreciated. Three words. That's it. Like a lot of his answers were long winded. Sometimes he can be very short. But for that one, he said that. I wonder, does that mean like, 
is he just going to bat for for the president and the in in vice versa, or does that mean I really appreciate? Like, what do you think? Or does he? You think he means I appreciate that the president is doing this, and maybe he wishes Ward would as as well. Possibly, I mean, there could be multiple things, but I mean, one of one of the common things with Jim Harbaugh is that he wants to be supported. He wants to have the feeling that people are backing him a hundred percent, no he matter said what. That about the contract two right. weeks ago, three weeks ago, sure, sure, and that's that's always been his uh, his thing with Michigan and anywhere he's worked. I think is that he wants people to believe that he's doing a good job. I mean, he even talked about that in February when the initial talks about the contract were coming up. Uh, uh, you know, in lieu of the NCA, and so he said, you know, basically at the end of the year, when he makes his decision about whether to stay or go, he wants to see how they feel about him. You know, he he likes people who feel good about him, and so uh, you know, Ono throwing his support behind the football program probably makes him feel good, especially considering the former president Mark Schlissel. You know, it seemed like at odds at times with with the football prior, just didn't really care much about it. I mean, especially during that COVID-19 situation where it sounded like he was in favor of, you know, delaying the football season and, and maybe not holding it all together, you know, uh, whereas Harbaugh was protesting in the streets and saying that he didn't have any communication with Schlissel on the matter and such. And it's interesting, like what would happen if Mark Schlissel was the president now? I mean, like would Michigan stance be totally different? And I think it would. And that it's really comes down to, you know, Santa Ono being this like athletic supporter. I mean, when he came in, Jordan Acker, the board of trustees member was like, you know, touting how much he's, he's such a, uh, you know, uh, supporter of athletics and champion of athletics and talks about, you know, the importance of that. And, you know, he did that at Cincinnati. And I talked to Butch Jones, who was the coach at Cincinnati at the time. And he talked to, uh, for a story about why, you know, Ono and that relationship with Harbaugh could uh, be kind of key to the future, I guess, as far as Michigan athletics was concerned. And, you know, Butch Jones was talking about how Ono has always been like uh, a person that was around and uh, providing some kind of support there. So, I mean, now you're seeing it in full, full view of everything, especially in this situation. And uh, I guess in some ways, Michigan is benefiting uh, or Harbaugh and the football program is benefiting from yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's unprecedented territory in so many ways, not just in the the, the scandal and the situation and the, and the handling of it, but in this type of athletic director. I mean, because like you said, I, Schlissel was an academics academic, right? Uh, and and in the way, in, in a way, at Michigan, there are sort of or previously it has been two sort of very separate entities, right? There is university of Michigan athletics uh, and then the university of Michigan, the institution, I guess maybe the U of M medical system is a third, but obviously yeah, loop right. in, in with the academic side. Now, as you, as you spelled out very well, just then Santa Ono is, is seemingly bridging that gap and like it or not uh, anyone in the nation. I think it is while it's opinion it's about as close to a fact-based opinion as you can get. There is not another university in the nation that is at the academic and athletic level of Michigan, right? So no one else, there is no other, there is no other comparison where a university president would be needing to make these sorts of decisions, right? Where it's like, 
what am I backing? Like which M brand am I backing? That block M stands for academic excellence and also simultaneously winning on the football field. Right. And, but, but they've always been sort of separate uh, and, and, but, but the, but the athletic side has held up for the academic integrity and standard and ideals. Now, if one is looking murky, how do they blend and, 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 and now they're, they're coming together. Yeah, and I agree. And Ono is an interesting guy because I think, again, there's a little bit of, you know, obviously his social media presence and aligning himself with Harbaugh is good for, I guess, you know, attracting attention in some ways, which, you know, he does through social media. And so, uh, I mean, who knows what his personal motivations here are, too. I mean, as and it's, uh, uh, but it does, it does lead you to wonder. And, Again, I don't know if there's a ton of support. Uh, it's hard to tell on the academic side outside of, you know, Ono and some of the administrative figures like like Acker uh, as well. I mean, there's uh, uh, I'm sure that there's probably parts of the university community that are a little bit like, hey, like, what are we doing here? So, um, you know, I, I think that's uh, it, it's a touchy situation. And I don't know if you want to go full full in on any of it if you're if you're the Michigan administration and that's I mean and that's contract talk right and that's also yeah sort of th- this season right I mean even now there is mounting mounting pressure uh for for some sort of re- repercussion for for Michigan football and the the reports have been surfacing that uh the desire is to not punish the players right now currently but still like directly, but still get, get some sort of sanction on, on Michigan immediately is, is what <laughs> I'd say 13 big 10 institutions not named Michigan are, are kind of seeking right now. Um, but Santono, the letter is, is asking uh, for that to be delayed. But one of those possibilities would be yet another Jim Harbaugh suspension this year, right? It could be one game, two games. That's, Sort of the theory. I'm done. I'm done getting in the game of speculating of what's going to happen because there are just too many things. There are too many pieces at play, uh, right? And maybe I mean, I hope I hope that's not a cop out. I'm still here to have the discussion and, and and debate all the merits of of what happens and if this, that, or the other does occur. But there's no way to know if 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 Jim is is gone for one game, two games, no games. If Michigan is allowed, if the hammer comes down even harder and the big 10 does not allow them to compete in the big 10 championship. I mean, it seems the NCAA is certainly not, I mean, they move at a glacial, at a glacial pace. And we said before, they're not going to rule. It wouldn't seem this year, the college football playoff committee appears to have put its stake in the sand and said, look, we're, we're just determining what, what happens on the field right now. Michigan's a top four team. Should they lose and not be a top four team? So be it. But if they are on the field, then they are in our eyes. Um, and so there are people where you sort of know where they stand, but there's so much behind the scenes and so much pressure on Petiti uh, from, and I think, I think he's, it's, is, is he the, the, the main linchpin remaining or like, well, yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, facing a lot of pressure and he's the guy because of the, you know, the potential of him being able to actually do something, make a ruling that would uh, impede Michigan from, from getting, 
to the you know the championship stage of things, and then also the fact that he could issue some kind of sanction whatsoever uh, on on Michigan. But at the same token, like, uh, does he really want to punish one of the you know teams that actually has a chance at making it to the college football playoff? I mean, uh, to a maybe appease the other members, but at the same token, it's again, that's 13 possibly versus one, uh, depending on how many members are really stridently against Michigan at this point. And he's got a constituency to, uh, uh, to deal with. And if the majority of the constituency wants to punish Michigan, then, uh, then he probably needs to listen to them. Yeah, that, that is, I mean, obviously that's on one side and then the other Michigan is his best chance at a national championship right now. Nothing means more in his position than a, a football national championship, which uh, this co- I mean, this conference is desperate for a football or basketball national champion. Right. I mean, and so he uh, he's, he's going to be if he does make that ruling, it's not going to it's obviously not going to be done so lightly and he's not going to be happy about doing it. Uh, I, I think so. And but as far as how this all I don't know, manifest on the field, right? I mean, there were there were questions. I mean, there were <laughs> there were some questions about, oh, is Michigan just winning because of the signs? I mean, okay, I think I think that was that was obviously far fetched. Um, but uh, there, there there there's a lot of there there it, there was a bye week. There was a ton of distraction. How was Michigan going to come out right? And then we asked JJ McCarthy and Jim Harbaugh. I mean, how has this sort of resonated within the, within the locker room. And JJ said, look, like uh, we, we've done a tremendous job of blocking out the noise so far, and we're going to have to continue to do that because it's not going to stop. Uh, and, and Jim Harbaugh said, asked if it, if it has uh, distracted the team or unified the team. He said it was practically a priceless gift um, to get to where they're trying to go. Uh, so I thought that was interesting, not surprising, um, but, Notable. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, Harbaugh tends to spin the, even the negative into the most positive, like he, even after coming off the suspension, the three game suspension for uh, the other and NCA investigation and the school imposed suspension to kind of mitigate those potential NCA penalties. He, he said that it was actually, you know, uh, in some ways a positive experience. He, you know, learned some things and was able to see the team from a different perspective yeah. and such. Yeah. And so, uh, so I'm not surprised that he would take that stance. Um, you know, I, I mean, again, the players have done a very good job of, you know, blocking out distractions in the past, and there have been plenty at Michigan <laughs> over the last year or so. So it's not not terribly surprising that they they'll, they're able to kind of continue to block it out. But I do think, you know, going forward, it's going to be hard for this team to just overcome the perception uh, that's going to be there, even if they go on to win a championship. I just don't. Uh, think that they'll be able to escape that because uh, there's just going to be a lot of people who think that they, uh, you know, did something wrong to get to get to where they ended up, and so it's uh, it's a kind of an unfortunate situation. I think they're always going to have that stigma attached to them. Unfortunately, they they may uh, the the court of public opinion is fickle that way. Uh, even even no matter how this turns out, right? Because it it is now pretty permanently attached. However. Um, it is everyone's job to continue to tell it accurately and, and and reference it. The problem is there is no way to sort of retroactively go back and determine how what the level of impact was, right? And so uh, a lot of it will be 
depending on what lens and what color glasses you see this through. Um, however, Michigan does have a chance to go out and continue to take care of business and win on the field and win a national championship. And then after, th- and, and that's all the players can do. They know that. And that's what they're saying. And that's what they're trying to do. Um, and really, uh, the, the first actual step in that journey begins next week. Um, Michigan 9-0. and I bet if you had bet all nine Michigan games, like parlayed them together, and like Michigan 9-0 and versus any loss, I bet it was still minus 1,000 odds. I, I mean, for them to get to nine and zero, I don't. They've been three, four touchdown favorites all the time. Early lines at Penn State, right, right around uh, a touchdown, and uh, maybe some cause for concern that we saw this uh, this week. So, after the break, we will take a look at uh, Michigan's first uh, test and uh, what to expect. We'll be right back. This is Haley. Welcome back. All right, Reiner. After nine weeks of uh, 21, 24, 30, 31, 33 uh, point spreads, Michigan's still nearly a touchdown favorite. Uh, Six and a half points is the early line going into Penn State. But uh, clearly, Las Vegas uh, and everybody is expecting this to be Michigan's first true test. Uh, I mean, is is Michigan ready for 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 this jump for this for this moment right now? I mean, I think Michigan's probably ready. I mean, they they've been gearing up for this. I mean, they've got a what looks like a complete team, uh, and they're playing at a high level on offense and defense right now. Uh, I think that they've uh, been building towards this moment, and the offense has taken on a new identity. With with JJ McCarthy and they've kind of fully embraced that it, it seems and uh, it's it looks like a it looks like a team that's ready to to go into a place like Penn State and uh, and get it done. But it's just you know again it's a whole new environment uh, for them. I mean it's going to be crazy, especially with the sign stealing stuff in the background and the charged road environment and the quality of competition is going to be far greater than any, yeah. any, uh, any competition that they faced up until this point. Yeah, I do. Uh, so I guess if my question is, is Michigan ready? Of course, Michigan's ready, right? Like this Michigan has been waiting for this moment. Yeah. Uh, right. They say, and, and Donovan Edwards was very well spoken about it yesterday after the game. He said, look, to say we're like the most excited about this game would be disrespectful to all of our opponents. We expect, we respect every opponent a nameless, faceless opponent. We've heard Michigan say that time and time again. However, it's human nature. You know that this is a top 10 team. You know this talent level rivals you. You know that you have to directly go through them to get to where you want to go. Uh, and, and so obviously it's not it's not just the same. Um, uh, but, but to your point, uh, J.J. McCarthy, uh, you, you love your best player being your quarterback. Michigan's best player is their quarterback. And, and, and that is a really good that is a really good place to be. It's a good place to start uh, because the last time Michigan went to Penn State, that was not the case. Uh, Cade McNamara was game managing his way. Uh, he still made a big time 47 yard uh, touchdown pass to, to Eric All, I guess <laughs> it was pretty like 45 yards a yak. But but nevertheless, he, he delivered the ball, hit him in stride. Um, and, that was a nice uh, but, play but, off. 
Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Um, but but JJ, but JJ is the guy, right? Like mm-hmm. he was he was off yesterday against Purdue. I mean, to his own admission. He was 24 of 37. He completed 65% of his passes for 335 yards. And that was off. And Cornelius Johnson dropped a touchdown. Yeah, he was off. But I mean, yeah, right. They had they had separate drops though, too. Yes. I mean, um, you know, and- there were four, I counted four. PFF had three. Uh, Donovan Edwards, um, I mean, obviously I'm not actually insinuating he's paying someone at PFF, but maybe he is because he had a drop and he was not, he was not charged with one because I remember it on a first down play and it actually, uh, that uh, just, just more to it. So all those little things like that are going to matter this week, right? Michigan had four drops, uh, this, this week, two of them came on one series, Donovan Edwards on a first down, AJ Barner on the third down that led to a punt. Another was Roman Wilson. Uh, on first and 10, uh, when they were inside the 15-yard line, they had to settle for for a field goal. Then another came in the second half. The, no, I'm sorry. The first and 15 was was uh, Cornelius Johnson in the end zone. And then the, the Roman Wilson drop was in the second half. That one led to a punt. So a drop touchdown, a first down, that uh, two that led to a punt, right? You see, like, even against Purdue. It cost them points. Now it didn't matter in the end because it was a million to, to very few, little. However, you don't get second chances like that against Penn State. No, I, I agree. But I mean, there was also, I mean, again, JG McCarthy also threw some, you know, incredibly nice passes, like the, you know, the long completion to Donovan Edwards on the first drive that got them on the edge of the goal line. And so, I mean, but did you? you know, you've, I mean, seen, was, you've seen that yeah. was a beautiful ball. I right, mean, I mean, right. I mean, I mean, just an elite, elite throw. However, yeah. there was a linebacker in man coverage sprinting across the field to try to like run up to catch up to Donovan. You know what I mean? I mean, it takes nothing away from right, the throw. Right. But, right. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm just saying like he wasn't totally off though. I mean, in this sense, I mean, yeah, no, through no. 335 yards. I mean, this is like, yeah. I mean, again, we're, we're parsing a performance that was overall very good. And I think, exactly. the, I, I think again, um, he's got, and he's shown that he can, deliver balls into tight windows and he's going to have to do that against uh, uh against Penn State. And my question is w- whether these receivers can really get separation uh and how much are the tight ends going to have to really be uh brought into this this game plan, you know, against Penn State because uh I worry about the receivers being able to kind of find openings because it it could become challenging for them against those those uh defensive backs. Well, I don't worry about Roman Wilson's ability to get open. Uh, Donovan Edwards uh, is is often a mismatch as well. Uh, so, but you're right; they might need to utilize the tight ends. However, if I'm talking about and thinking about Michigan's offense and this, as far as X's and O's, without a doubt, the number one for me question uh, is, is the running game. Uh, mm-hmm. This this week, the run the rushing attack was very bottled up. Um, I mean, the, the, the sack adjusted numbers, they have 31 runs for 144 yards. So about four and a half yards per carry, but those were buoyed by a 44 yard end around by Samaj Morgan and a 14 yard end around by Cornelius Johnson, Michigan's three running backs, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, Kalel Mullings ran 27 times for 85 yards. Yes. They also had four touchdowns. Blake Corum had three of them, but Blake Corum had 15 carries and just 44 yards. He's never run for fewer yards than that when he's run 15 times or more of his 12 carries that did not fall into the end zone. And so he like couldn't gain more yards than he did on those runs. So on 12 yards of runs that did not end in touchdowns, nine of them were for three yards or fewer. That's what Michigan deems an inefficient run. 17 of the 27 for Michigan's running back group as a total were inefficient. 
That's two out of three runs gaining three yards or fewer. That's why J.J. McCarthy is constantly in these third and longs. Now, to what Jim Harbaugh said, to J.J. McCarthy's credit, he's been exceptional in third and long. I think going into yesterday, he was 19 of 20 passing for 300 and some yards and four touchdowns uh, in third and seven or, or farther situations. Good luck doing that against against Penn State, right? And those running numbers were against Purdue. Penn State is the number one rushing defense, giving up 60 yards per, per play. So it, Michigan has had so much success in years past, constantly, I mean, win, I mean winning the time of possession, grounding teams just in, into oblivion uh, with, with the run, and staying ahead of the sticks. They, they had not been ahead of the sticks, and they've been winning because of J.J. McCarthy. Now, they still have J.J., but it's not, it's – it's in general not a winning recipe to be in third and seven, third and eight consistently. Well, that's what, and that's why, I mean, again, that's why I'm saying the separation is the thing I'm concerned about because I don't think, you know, uh, some of the uh, defensive backs that they pace so far uh, have probably measured up to anything what Penn State has. And if they're going to be in these passing situations, uh, which seems like it's a po- strong possibility given the uh, struggles in the run game, uh, that it's going to end up, Again, if they can narrow, they can take two prongs away Penn State, then it goes to the tight ends and you're only down to like one one prong or one lever that you can really pull uh, offensively. And so it really is going to come down to, I think, the receivers, again, being able to uh, create openings for J.J. to complete. Because, again, I don't know if the running game is reliable enough to be able to carry them uh, at this point. I mean, I think we've seen enough evidence to suggest that maybe it isn't. Right. No, I guess I guess sort I guess we're sort of making the same point. Maybe yeah, you right. jumped ahead of me. You're saying yeah. that like you are not even reliant, like you're pretty convinced that the run game is not something you can rely on in spades. And with that, if the receivers aren't running open how they have been, right. that could be <laughs> problematic. However, we have as you said, we've seen JJ throw the I mean, fit it into some tight, tight windows. I mean, in the, I mean above above the defensive defensive back underneath the safety on those corners i mean sort of looking the safety off and then hit hitting that hitting the seam i mean really the crossing routes is, is sort of been i'd say michigan's bread and butter uh this year they don't take a ton of vertical vertical shots but it is deep crossers and that's when and that's when uh i mean just the knowledge of when to sit down and to sit down in a zone concept or to sort of keep that going if if you're on on sort of a man beater um, and and Michigan has extremely knowledgeable wide receivers. It's it's a very valid concern, um, but but I mean the the, guy, the guys I said earlier I have faith in, and also Samaj Morgan. I mean, get put him on the field more, right? Like mm-hmm. when he touched I mean, they said it. Like, look, every time he touches the ball, he's electric. He had a forty-four yard touchdown yesterday on Saturday, I should say, um, and uh, another like twenty-three yard catch. I, I like him. I like, you, you know, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. in a game like this, I like dudes. Samaj Morgan mm-hmm. is clearly a certified dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see who steps to the fore in this kind of game. Cause I, I can see somebody like him, you know, popping in, in a game like this or where they, where they may turn to him more than uh, they have in the past, just recognizing what his effect is on the offense. Uh, you know, and also, I mean, again, this could be a game where a Colston Loveland really, um, if, if he's the matchup nightmare that we all think he is, I mean, you know, it seemed like this would be the time to <laughs> really go to him, uh, especially and try to get him, you know, maneuver him across the formations and, you know, use him in all different types of 
ways uh, in, in this game. And I could see that happening. And like you alluded to, maybe this is where Donovan Edwards is really used more as a receiver than maybe a, as, as a running back. And they just kind of give up on that idea and maybe just go with Quorum and Mullins and hope, hope for the best. I, I would abandon it entirely for this game. I, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. you hand it to him once or twice just to keep the defense honest. Uh, if he's mm-hmm. running more than three times, uh, it, it's just not. It's just not good. It's it's malpractice uh, based on the, the average he's getting and what he does when he gets the ball in other ways and when other people get get, get the ball in various ways. But but what Michigan does a great job of, uh, like you're asking, like is it a Colston Loveland game, right? They dissect, they find the weakness in an opponent, and they will exploit it, right? Like MSU, <laughs> linebackers in pass coverage, not a strength, right? Cal Halliday. So you throw it. So A.J. Barner gets 100 yards and a touchdown. Colston Loveland gets a couple scores and 70 yards, right? Like historic day. This week, uh, I mean, just sort of you're not having a ton of success on the ground. J.J. McCarthy throws a season high 37 times. Roman Wilson, it was funny. Did it feel like he was – like? had a quiet nine, nine catches for 143 yards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe it's just cause he didn't find the end zone and he's always finding the end zone. Um, but th- those were career highs too. Right. So, so Michigan will find where it can beat you and then just sort of uh, attack that way. And somehow we haven't even mentioned there, they still got the number one defense in the nation. Right. And that travels, that is extremely important in road games. Uh an opponent. I'm waiting for an opponent to get inside Michigan's five yard line. It still has not happened, uh, Reiner. An opponent has not faced a goal to go situation on Michigan the entire season. It is weird. I mean, you know, not, again, it's like yeah, how's your goal line defense? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I have no exactly. idea. There's exactly. three games left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a strange strange deal. I mean, I don't know what that says about the quality of opponents they faced. I mean, or just how good Michigan's defense is. I I mean, it's the consistency. That's remarkable consistency. That's what that has to say. You can play dog water nine weeks in a row to not get, I mean, and and they have gotten beat with, with, with some deep scores, but not, not one time to have a sustained drive where it's like, like if they're getting beat, it's just, it's just a, a, a full breakdown. You know what I mean? Right, right. And it is crazy. And uh, as far as, uh, you know, the other thing I'm kind of curious is like just uh, as it relates to the offense is what they do to kind of defeat Manny Diaz's blitz scheme. I mean, are they going to do more bubble screens? And then that maybe again, where a person like Samaj Morgan can really be used or um, are they going to do, you know, again, running backs? slip screens you know outside i mean like and then maybe where donovan edwards comes into into play i mean uh i want i do wonder how uh they're gonna attack manny diaz here because uh he'll 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 bring he'll bring a lot of pressure uh that's his kind of mo and so um you know it'll be a, a big test for michigan's pass protection uh and communication on the line to kind of see where he's going to come come from uh this in this game uh, and, uh, you know, again, it'll be, you know, JJ up to JJ McCarthy also to align the protection too. And, you know, I think he's gotten better and better at that over the years too. Yeah. JJ was not, JJ has been very good under pressure this year, yesterday, not great, uh, by his standards, six of 12, uh, for, for, for 94 yards. Um, and so, uh, this this says he was sack, he, he was sacked three times. You know, I'm I'm having trouble with the sack numbers because 
like one play said he was only sacked once, like one site, and because it, it it had identified him as a runner, you know, and others and PFF uh, says he's been sacked three times uh, and, and just thought he was still a passer the whole time. Um, regardless, the pre- the pressure did did sort of bother him th- th- this past week, although he has been good. And you're right, some a lot of those screens you need to you need to use a, what a defense is going to do against it, right? You have to force the defense to keep its honest because if Penn State can just pin its ears back with no uh, fear of just a little drop screen o- going over it and breaking off a big one, then they'll be living in the, in the, in the backfield, right? Uh, yeah, even yeah, in I mean, Michigan's offense, the, the pass, the run game has struggled. I think in large part, you don't have three different running backs struggling individually often, right? Like it, it, the run game, the run blocking has been a concern. However, I say that because I, we were talking about the pass, the pass blocking has been good. And so you, it's been solid, but this is going to be a whole new test because Penn State is second in the country in sacks with 38. So they they get to you. And then yeah, 38. Then, I had I hadn't yeah. seen him as that high. That's yeah. 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 And so it's uh, and, you know, JJ has has gone down a few times this season at different points. I mean, they've had issues against Indiana early on in that game uh, where they gave up three sets. So there have been breakdowns on occasion. And uh, it'll be interesting again how how much they're able to kind of basically blunt Manny Diaz's pressure packages and what they're going to do there. Cause I mean, again, it's uh, I mean, again, they may end up taking that play from Eric all, you know, that Cade McNamara, that might be, a, <laughs> might be a play that ends up coming in. You know, they may end up using it again. Right. No, yeah. no, it's, it's entirely possible. Um, it's just, it's just great that there are actual questions about, What's Michigan going to have to do schematically, right? Yeah, like, right? Not, not just nothing to talk about. I mean, we we haven't. There's been there's been nothing. Sort of been nothing to see, nothing to do here all year, and so. I mean, Michigan. Well, has done well, a great as, job as, as it relates to on the field, on the field, on the field, on the field. Yes, <laughs> the yes. Field I, thought, the, I thought that went without yeah, saying, and because because yeah, yeah. my sentence was going to be, Michigan has done a wonderful job of of keeping mm-hmm. the noise. Outside the field, outside the field, it's going to be loud <laughs> in University Park, right? I mean, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I couldn't be more excited to go uh, for 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 a big football game. Uh, and it's like it's Michigan. There will be a moment, not the fake adversity that Michigan's talked about. No offense, Michigan, that they fell down seven to zero to Rutgers, right? That's not adversity. That means the other team yeah. happened to score first. That's mm-hmm. not adversity. Um, it's not. That's not true football on field adversity. If there weren't any this Saturday, it'd be a surprise, right? If Michigan just coasts. Um, and I think they'd, they'd get some credit. Like Penn State's defense is good enough to create some problems to make it look like last year, I think I picked Michigan to win pretty lopsided. I'm still deciding what to do with this one. I thought I was going to, but after yesterday, I don't know. You just, you just don't know. And so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. And it's, uh, but at the same, you know, at the same token, Michigan has played extremely well on the road and some of some of the best games that they played during this run, uh, dating back to 2021 have been, have been their road games and, uh, they've become a very good road team. Um, uh, and so I don't think that they're going to be, uh, afraid of the environment at all. I think they're going to embrace probably it just like they have, uh, wherever they've gone uh, in recent years. I mean, I, you know, going back to uh, 
2021 at Wisconsin at Nebraska to 2022 against Ohio State to, you know, this year, uh, whether it was at, you know, Nebraska again or or Michigan State, this, you know, they went and played arguably their best Minnesota. game against MSU and yeah, Minnesota. I mean, they they've done well in the road environments. I think this road environment is going to be unlike any other given all the stuff around the controversy regarding the sign stealing. I think people are uh, Penn State fans are really going to be <laughs> letting Michigan have it, and it's going to be an environment probably unlike they've ever seen as far as the vitriol uh, that's going to be thrown their way. Yep, yep, and uh, they couldn't couldn't done a better job with it thus far. But as we keep saying, yeah. the the tests the tests are mounting, and so yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see how they handle it. Um, all right, Reiner. Busy week coming up. Uh, so Michigan, so Jim Harbaugh Monday. Uh, there should be, I'm told, a Michigan basketball press conference as well. Uh, I know we didn't get into it, but just for coverage on Freep.com, obviously, uh, where it's it's hoop season. Michigan did look very good against Northwood. Uh, Northwood's not a good team. They're Division Two, and they are a bad Division Two team, but still, uh, Michigan looked good. Uh, and they opened against UNC Asheville on Tuesday. Then uh, we got a pod on Wednesday. We'll look even further into this Penn State stuff. Who knows what will have come of this investigation of Jim Harbaugh's future of everything. And then Friday, uh, we got some, you and I got some flights, separate flights there, same flight back uh, to State College uh, for for a, a highly anticipated game. So there's no rest for the weary between now and then. How do you get to State College? Not easily, Andrew. Thank you for asking. Um, it's been, <laughs> I, I, I could sense that you were hoping I'd ask you that. Yeah, no, 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 I was Tony. No, I no, I wasn't. Uh, I, I, I mean, anyone who's still, I guess, anyone who's still here is happy to listen to this last uh, story. I mean, it's it's a nightmare, right? There's no good way to get in. Either you need to fly to Harrisburg or Pittsburgh, uh, which are both sort of an hour and a half away, um, or you can fly directly into State College, which we did get flights into State College. However, it's like a grand a night to stay there, so we're flying into State College grabbing a rental car, taking a, like, like driving like 40 minutes out to the suburbs. I think it's what's it Clearwater, Clearfield or something. Uh, uh, yeah. Something and, like that. Yeah. It's <laughs> not, it's not, it's not a great situation. Um, not even getting our Marriott point. Okay. Now we're going too far. Um, Cause nobody cares about that. Um, but, but it's not, it's actually, it's actually kind of a pain to get there. Uh, I looked at it now that I know that Reiner, Sean Windsor and myself are all going, it's a six and a half hour drive. We might have needed to consider that. <laughs> Just to up. although, but we're all on different. I, I mean, not we all love each other and we're great colleagues, but no, we, we don't all want to be. I mean, it's a long ride. Although, Reiner, we've done the we've done the the four and a half. You popped in the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, Indianapolis. We've done that yeah. twice or just once. Once, once before. <laughs> the look on Reiner's the look on Reiner's face said, "Absolutely not. Yeah. No driving." <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a long road trip guy. I just don't like it. I yeah. know. Uh, I mean, hey, um, all these wonderful people, all these wonderful people who we're going to thank: Nicole Avery Nichols, uh, Anjanette Delgado, Kirkland Crawford. You heard it here first. Company man. Uh, road trips. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Reiner. Uh, I think what it's first class Delta. Uh, I'll see you in the. I'll see you in the comfort suite in the Save me, save me a spot. These are these high people in higher places that I'm talking about that Reiner knows everywhere we go. Um, but uh, but no, it's it should be a good week. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to it. So uh, thanks to everyone, all those people we just mentioned. 
Um, but I can give them their official titles. Uh, Nicole Avery Nichols is our executive editor. Anjanette Delgado or is our editor-in-chief. Anjanette Delgado is our executive editor. Kirkland Crawford is our sports editor. Robin Chan is our audio engineer. Andrew, who you just heard from uh, very briefly, he's our sports editor and the producer of this show. Thanks to all of them. Uh, and thanks to all of you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. We are, we are hitting the home stretch. We are really, uh, we're rocking and rolling and having fun doing it. Uh, so keep following along as Michigan goes on a national championship run or gets it vacated or somewhere in between. But we're here to document it all. So thanks. We appreciate it. Talk to you next time.